0: There are times I can spout off, you know, fake baseball players' names and stats better than I can the real-life ones.
1: Welcome to the GM's Corner, the Brewster Baseball Association podcast where we put general managers on the hot seat and try to steal all of their very best secrets so everyone, or at least I, can win even more than we do. I'm Ron Collins, General Manager of the Yellow Springs Nine, and today we have a special treat because Chris Wilson is here. Chris, of course, is the General Manager of the Madison Wolves and a longtime member of the league. Uh, I think, Chris, you just put up a a post saying that your team has just passed, Madison has just passed the 3,500 win mark, and all but 321 of those are under your guidance. So welcome aboard. I really want to hear what you've got going on.
0: Uh, sounds good, Ron. I'm, I'm I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, tr- truth be told, I've been in these leagues for a long time, and I believe you are the first person I have ever either met or talked to personally. So uh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's a treat on your end as well. It is an
1: absolute <laughs> treat on my end, and I think that's uh, one of the things that I absolutely love about these GM uh, Corners podcasts because. Uh, I've been doing these out of the park leagues since gosh, it's got to be 2003 or so. I mean, you know, it's been a while, and I completely agree. Uh, I've I have met and known like two or three people who I have had um, uh, had in leagues, and only because they were friends of mine and I brought them into the league. <laughs> <laughs> so I absolutely love uh, actually talking with some folks and and getting a better feel for you know, who the people are behind the, behind the teams. Cause that's one of the great things about a long running league. Yeah. Uh, you're 70 and 66 this year, right? If I'm remembering right now, there's going to be a uh, sim tomorrow, I think. So by the time this gets out, it might not be 70 and 66, but you're, uh, yeah, that's a pretty healthy record for what folks kind of thought you might look like in Madison this year. What do you, what's your thought on that?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I believe it was you actually who had my preseason prediction and I believe we were down around about the, uh, Maybe the upper 60 uh, projection mark, and um, you can say 68. <laughs> yeah, 68. And so we have surpassed that. With still a, a month left to play, but you know, early on it looked like your prediction was going to be right. Uh, you know, we, we moved into a new stadium this year, and uh, I tinkered around a little bit with some pitching philosophies that I thought would work, and they they backfired pretty mightily there early in the season, using some guys with some low movement. And, uh, you know, I've tinkered a little bit here and there throughout the season, and uh, the team got uh, kind of got on a roll there in June and July. We we, we got back over 500, and it was kind of in the mix of the uh, postseason race there, maybe for a wild card spot, but that last sim uh, that we just had there on, uh, I guess it was Friday when I had to play you guys in Twin Cities. It, uh, it put a little damper on things. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're, we're over 500. We're going into the last month. If you'd have told me I'd at least been in the playoff race with the postseason race uh, going into the final month, I would have, uh, would have definitely taken that.
1: Yeah, I admit I'm not overly, overly uh, heartbroken to have managed to sweep the Madison Wolves in this last sim. That was like a super cherry on, on the cake for me because those dang Twin Cities River Monsters are just being annoying.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you sweat me and then, uh, I, I went into twin cities and they, they sweat me as well. So I, I didn't do you any favors and you didn't do me any favors as well. So how are
1: you seeing the wolves for the post season? Is this still, uh, feeling possible?
0: I believe it's possible. You know, like I said, we, we, we have a pretty favorable schedule here in uh, in the last month in September. You know, I did a team news article there a while back about how tough August was going to be. And I was hoping at least get a 500, you know, record in August. And uh, we finished one game under thanks to that, uh, you know, last scene where we went one and five. But we, we do have a favorable schedule with a lot of home games uh, down the stretch. We we do face a lot of the teams ahead of me. I know I, st- I believe I have, still have a, a series with you guys in Twin Cities, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a series with Omaha. I know still on there, maybe two series with Omaha in that final month. I know I play, you know I've got some a series with Vancouver. But yeah, I'm looking at the schedule now, and uh, you know I have you guys for three at home. I have Omaha for three at home. I have Twin Cities at home for three. So you know there, there's a shot. Uh, you know we're going to have to. Uh, you know, play really good down the stretch and hope that home uh, field advantage comes into play. Yeah,
1: you've got the home field advantage. The other thing that I really hadn't noticed until I wrote the article on the overall Heartland situation is um, that both, uh, what is it, San Fernando and Calgary, who are kind of uh, ahead of you there for the wild card slots, have uh, disadvantaged schedules, I'll put it that way. So they're going to have to play their way in, and they're in a, in a bit of a dogfight. It's a, It's, as usual, the wild card for the Frick, Uh, Is um, particularly entertaining.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna hope that those teams who have to play a lot of road games in last month sort of face the same fate that I did in August, and maybe I can use that home field and maybe get my way. You know, back in it. You know, we're I think we're about four and a half games back right now, so it's gonna take some. It's gonna. Take some good luck and uh, maybe some good play from Madison down the stretch and maybe some bad play out of some of those teams.
1: I'd, I'd be interested to hear you talk about the couple of trades that you made in the past week or three. Uh, what is it, maybe a sim month or so back uh, trading uh, what, Draper and and Barrera. Don't have them in front of me right now, so I'm stumbling over the names.
0: Yeah, I think it was Barrera.
1: What are your thoughts on them?
0: Uh, you know, both were pretty good players. You know, I, I drafted both. Uh, you know, Draper had been with the franchise, you know, I don't know what year it was, but ever since I drafted him, so was you know, so was Barrera. Barrera won the, uh, you know, won the Rookie of the Year his first year in, and uh, you know, typically I'm one of those GMs who who hang on to guys for as long as I can. I kind of get attached to him, maybe more than than some others do. I just sort of felt like Madison was kind of you know we were kind of stuck in neutral. Uh, you know, we we were kind of making a making a, a climb in the standings at the time. I did decide to trade him, but. I sort of looked ahead at the at the salary situation and realized that you know most of my salary cap was tied into offense, and if I was going to be able to maybe keep a little long term success, I was going to have to look at doing something with trading some of these guys. And uh, you know, at the time, Draper was really struggling. I think he was batting around 230 in Madison, and uh, really did not like the contract that I had signed him to. But you know, the loyalty I have to some of my guys, I just couldn't let him go. And uh, the same really for Barrera, you know, he, he wasn't having a very good season as well. So it kind of made it a little easier to, to make that trade. But, uh, I guess it was Kyle, you know, made that post about the top catchers. And I saw that Barrera, he had Barrera listed number one. You know, I kind of thought maybe I could get a pretty good return if I, if I looked into trading him, uh, didn't like the idea of letting him go, but you know, some, some decent, uh, you know, returns came back from that and you know madison's madison's you know won without those guys so i guess in my mind i feel like that uh you know they weren't terrible trades considering we've still been able to uh keep some success going
1: yeah yeah take it from the position uh that i that i have a biased position as a division rival but i thought those were kind of almost sneaky trades because i thought they actually ended up making you better in the at least medium term, uh, purely because of the financial aspects of it and, uh, wondering what you're going to do with the dollars that are going to be available. And, um, it's just hard to compete in the division with you guys. That's, that's all there is to it. Maybe I'm reading the, the tea leaves from a two, what's the word? Not defensive. Um, I, I just get worried about you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I think, uh, uh, People may, may give me a little more credit in these leagues than than perhaps I deserve. You know, I I have had some success in Madison. Uh, you know, I've never shied about the fact that when I first took over, I inherited a you know I inherited a juggernaut. The the GM before me had built a team in Madison that was just loaded down with talent, and uh, I, I truth be told, I rode that out for a good decade of seasons. But, you know, I, I've made some trades here and there that I felt were good trades that helped Madison kind of stay in the hunt uh, from time to time. And then I've made some moves that uh, have left a lot of people scratching their heads and they haven't panned out. But, you know, I'm hoping these trades pan out. Uh, you know, I like some of the guys I've got. I don't know, you know, what I'm going to be able to do with some of them. And, you know, the, the catcher I got back from Wichita, you know, Don Logan, he's, uh, you know, he's fit in pretty well. He's, he's a little speedy catcher. You know and, and you know I've, I've tried to put a little more premium on speed here over the last few seasons thanks to uh, thanks to that one guy I've got that stills uh, stills a lot of bases
1: yeah that one guy that one guy <laughs> that we're definitely going to have to talk about um, let's let's jump into that real quick since you since you brought Mons raver up what do you do with him I mean do you do anything particular with strategy settings or manager stuff uh, how do you do your best to take advantage of what Mons Raider can bring to the team?
0: Well, his in-game strategy is uh, stolen bases. That that bar is all the way to the right. It, it's as aggressive as it can be. His base running uh, technique and everything when it comes to base running with, uh, with Mons Raider is full out max to the to the right-hand side. I'm going to take advantage of the skill uh, set that he provides and... I'm fine with the risk of stealing bases because for him so far, it seems to uh, it seems to be paying off. you know, I know this season you know stolen bases for the most part, you know, you guys have done a study on that that they seem to be down across the league, but uh, there's one guy who uh, is on pace to actually steal more bases this year than he did last year and that that's Raider.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you hit on something that's always important is Raider does not get thrown out, and he has not been getting thrown out this year at, like, almost record paces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, last I, I checked, it was, like, a 94% success rate or something like that, which well, is off the chart.
0: Yeah, it must have gone down a little bit. I'm checking right now. It's at 80, 88.9. He's been thrown out 15 times in uh, 135 attempts.
1: Oh, well, you should definitely give him the red light now.
0: Uh, no, no, that that's not going to happen, so... Uh, you know, I, I had a little tongue in cheek. You know, it was a little tongue in cheek, a little PR move on my part, trying to push him a little bit for uh, for the Silk Award. I, you know, I know it's a long shot that we would ever, you know, actually vote a guy in who, you know, who's only got about four home runs on the season. But uh, the way he's, you know, he's dominating the stolen base category in that stat more than anybody in the league is dominating any category uh, right now in the league, and that's and pitching and, and hitting combined. He, he's dominating stolen bases, like I said, at a rate that, you know, no, no one else is dominating a stat quite like that.
1: Yeah. Have you uh, followed any of the conversation on the Hall of Fame threads uh, having to do with uh, like Zebediah Williams as the stolen base guy? And um, what is your thought, I guess, when it comes down to the silk? I'll, I'll focus it on the silk first. Uh, when you go to vote for the silk, are you voting for the best hitter? Or are you voting for the most valuable player? Or are you voting for that most dominant guy? What's your, what do you think the silk is
0: for me? I usually vote for the most dominating hitter. I remember, I'm, I still remember about, I guess it was about 10 seasons ago. You know, I used to think there for the longest time that that's what the word, the award was. It was the, the given to the top hitter. And uh, you know, we had a little conversation and, and most guys felt that it was just the most valuable player. I typically focus on the offensive stats, uh, you know. First, I know WAR is a is a big stat for a lot of people, and you know, some people every now and then, accuse you know, get accused, or maybe that that's just you know a lazy vote where you just look at you just look at the WAR rating and uh, whoever has the highest one votes. But you know, I, I try to encompass the whole thing. You know, I try to look at the you know the OPS and the batting average and you know home runs and you know things like that. I know RBI and, and runs are you know. I, I – I'm into the you know the sabermetrics some and realize that those are, you know those are you know team stats as well. You can't get an RBI unless or somebody on base and, or unless you hit a home run. But uh, you know I, I I do try to look at the whole body of of the player and not just go straight by WAR straight by OPS. I try to I do try to pick the guy that I felt was you know the most dominating offensive player. Uh, in that particular season, which, you know, which that war category does skew a lot. I know we've, you know, we've got some guys who play certain positions and their war rating jumps up and, uh, you know, they get a lot of votes because of that. But I try to, I try to look at the whole body of work.
1: I always think that conversation about war is interesting. T- uh, Ted and I had a long discourse today on the, on the forum about that. Um, but the idea of using war as a voting, um, as the only voting mechanism, Right. Uh, I will say that over the years that I voted for All Star things, that becomes a crutch for me if real life is impinging upon my time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, if I, I only I, have I, 15 minutes to vote, then I then war is like the a number one thing that I cut on.
0: Yeah, I, I've 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 been in that boat as well myself sometimes too. When it comes time to vote, and you're just you're just low on time, and you just use that as a uh, as your as your go to stat, I'll, I've always liked it when we vote and you know Matt is able to post a ballot where WAR is not even displayed, and then it makes you do a little. I mean, if you've got the time to do the work and the research, you, you kind of look a little bit more into players and you know try to actually vote based on the other stats, not just use that one category as the uh, tell-all app.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, that's part of the reason why we're doing those um, candidate discussion threads, right? So that people get an opportunity to could chat about things like when I first came into the league and I was almost immediately required to uh, vote for something. I don't remember which, uh, but when I first came into the league, I don't have any context of who these people are. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the whole idea of these threads, uh, let a new player, a new GM come in and actually at least uh, stand a fighting chance of <laughs> getting a vote that is, i is—I I don't want to say right, but is,
0: justifiable yeah i i need to check in a little more on your all's candidate threads i know i commented one the uh i think it was yesterday on the uh on the Corey aubrey pitching situation and i know i, I chimed in on that and you know, I know there was a little bit of a conversation about his war and i actually went and looked it up and uh, realized there was there was about seven to ten more pitchers who have a uh, who have a higher war right. that that aren't uh, in the hall of fame and uh, you know they're there for the longest time when i had more time to actually do a little more feature writing you know i used to love digging into the uh into the you know the record books and the hall of fame and uh things like that back when i had some players who were you know like you know Puckett and uh oh, king yeah. ghost who were who, when, they, when they were breaking records and you know, records all over the all over the place uh i, I did a lot of digging into uh, into the record books and uh Kind of getting back into it a little bit more now. I know I've got some guys, you know, like like Raider in the stolen bases, and you know, I made a post the other day about Steve Dempsey and his uh, and his hit total. And uh, you know, I, when I have the time, I do love to dig into that the Hall of Fame and the uh, and the historical aspect of the game. Plus, I've been around, you know, I've been in the league for just about since it. You know, since Matt brought it back in 1995 season, and uh, so I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on a lot of the uh, on the of the players in the league.
1: Yeah, and I think I, I'm relatively sure that I speak for a a whole bunch of us newbies. I consider myself still a newbie. I'm only in my tenth season, I guess now eleventh. However, you count those numbers, <laughs> um, you know, I absolutely appreciate it when. Um, when you guys, uh, when Matt and you and and Joe and, uh, you know, Fred in his last podcast said that he feels like a new guy sometimes, but he's been around 20-some, 20 25 seasons, something like that. Uh, you guys have a lot more visceral feeling around some of these guys' names, right? Yeah. So it helps when you get the time, but also, on the other hand, I know you... <laughs> Uh, you actually have a life <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and with with my I, you know, I've got three kids here at home and mm-hmm. uh, as the, the older they get it seems like the uh, the less time that I have to uh, to really spend uh, you know on 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 league riding especially I you know like I said you know five years ago I used to love you know I, I used to do some you know top player features and I, I did some features that Maybe one of these days I'll go back and dig up and maybe just bump back to the top for some people to go back and read. But, you know, I, I did a feature on just like the top nine hitting seasons from my perspective, and the top nine pitching seasons. It was kind of like a little prime nine like, like the MLB Network used to do. And, you know, one, one, one of the biggest research projects I ever did was that when I ranked the entire Hall of Fame. You know, that was about a four or five feature uh, thing that I did where I took every member of the Hall of Fame and sort of put them into a pyramid Uh, and who I thought was the elite Hall of Famers and, you know, who was at the bottom rung of the Hall of Fame. And, you know, you guys have been doing a lot of work here recently on that. And, uh, you know, I wish I had more time to really, you know, get involved uh, in that with you guys.
1: Yeah, but I think that's – well, first off, I love the pyramid thing. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, The second thing is is, uh, when I talk to a lot of the, um, you know, several people within the uh, GM community here, uh, as I'm finding as I talk to them, I have lots of different feelings on the amount of energy they can spend at any one time or another. And I think it was Kevin and I were talking. I don't remember for sure. Um, You know, at the end of the day, I think that especially for a long running league with GMs who are long running GMs, if you look back over the period of time, what you see is a collection of three to 10 GMs at any one time were kind of carrying the bulk of the energy yeah. and, and that changes in and out, right? So, I mean, you carried the bulk of the energy. You were one of those people for a while. You had kind of backed out. Your kids are taking up a large chunk of your time right now and, um, if we continue on perhaps you'll roll back in in fact you're starting to kind of get back in this last this last season. So I think that's just a normal and a healthy thing, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we all you know we all have those, you know, moments where we just, you know, other things come up and I know early in this, you know, the season that we're in now, you know, with my kids, you know, playing sports and just some things at work, you just you I went through a spell I just didn't have time to really Get into the forums, you know. I made sure I kept up with my team, but you know, as far as sitting down and writing, just didn't have the time. And now, over the last about month or so, I've I've I've, I've had more free time, and uh, you know, I've, I think I've cranked out about you know twenty team news over the past <laughs> month, which which for you is about a day. <laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, it's just you go through spells, and I've you know I've been in the league for a very long time, and you know I, I go through you know those ups and downs more so here in the last. Few seasons, but you know it's just it's just one of those things where you know different different GMs carry the league at different times, and then they get busy and they trail off a little bit, and somebody else comes in and picks up the load. And I think that's what makes you know makes the league great is we always have you know out of the, I think thirty GMs that we have, there's always you know always uh, a nice group of people kind of you know keeping the league going.
1: Well, let me ask you one more question before I get you into the lightning round, right? Which Good. is where we shine the bright light in your eyes and make you squirm and, and tell us all the things that we really need to know um, but you just talked about what makes this league so so uh, great right I mean um, I use the term elite uh, when I think of this league is that a word that would resonate with you do you consider this to be an elite league and if so why hello <laughs> hey, hey I think I lost you <laughs> yeah uh,
0: I- could hear you, and I was saying hello, but I guess something happened on my end or something, and uh, we lost some audio there.
1: Interesting. Well, um, for those listening, if I keep this in here, we just had a a, uh, network break, so we'll see what happens here. But I'm going to re-ask you a question and kind of let you go.
0: Okay, well, I, I still, you know, you asked me if I thought this league was elite. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and what I think makes it elite. And I, and I was saying, you know, I've not, uh, I actually haven't branched out a whole lot in the, you know, the OOTP, you know, online, you know, games outside of, you know, really the ones that Matt has run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've never met Matt personally. Uh, you know, he lives, I guess, up in Wisconsin and I'm way down here in Virginia. But I have been in a league ran by Matt for at least I would say 20 seasons. Uh, you know, I you know I joke around from time to time. I even joke with my wife and say that you know I've been in these leagues for longer than I've been married. You know, I joined the old Global Baseball Consortium, uh, or the GBC, uh, with a lot of the guys that are in the uh, in the Brewster now. I joined that league, and uh, was, I probably spent I don't know 20, 30 seasons with the old. Uh, a front page sports you know sports game there and then it was actually matt that brought me into the uh, i guess it was the guba i believe that's how how they what, what they probably pronounce it as and spent a little bit of time in that and then matt branched out and started some other leagues and truth be told i've just kind of followed matt and Recty wherever he uh wherever he goes so you know, you know. I, I guess if I had to, you know, in my mind, what makes this league great? It, it's Matt's his leadership and his his effort. And I've I've just, you know, like I said I don't know what it's like outside of the leagues that are run by other people. I've I, I've I've been in a league with with Recty for a long time and felt like, felt like he uh, he does a great job running these leagues, and I've just sort of stuck with him all the way through. I just enjoy it. I just enjoy uh, being in these leagues. This is my, you know, my main hobby outside of you know playing some golf in real life. Uh, I've played, spent 50 seasons, if not more than that, I guess play played closer to 100 seasons uh, in in these leagues with Recti, and I, I've I've enjoyed the fictional writing aspect. I've never had a tough time cranking out you know enough articles to uh, to either meet my participation points or just just for fun. Uh, it's just been a a hobby that I enjoyed, and you know I, I have to just give a tip of the hat to Matt Reckton-Walsh for the job that he does running these leagues.
1: I'm certain that you speak for pretty much everyone around. So, <laughs> Matt is like, uh, if the BBA is not an elite league, Matt is certainly an elite commissioner.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Put it that absolutely, way. absolutely, and I. And I, I One of these days, you know, I'm going to have to figure out a way where I can get to one of these, you know, meetups. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like I said, I've, I have communicated with Matt for longer than I have known my wife, but yet I have never spoken to personally or actually met Matt. I'm not in the Wisconsin group. I know a lot of the owners kind of, you know, originated from up in that area, people Matt's known or, you know, friends of friends and, uh, I, I, I got brought into the GBC years ago and uh, just sort of followed along.
1: Well, let's uh, get into a couple of a little bit more semi-rapid-fire questions and see where this goes. And then we'll um, – uh, it's traditional that at the end of, of the five or six questions I've got for you, if you have something you'd like to uh, ping me on, that would be fantastic. And if not, then I will slide out of town. <laughs> okay. All um Out-of-the-park baseball, the game itself, what is one thing that you wish the game would do for you?
0: Uh, That's a a really good question. I I really just enjoy the game. I I don't know uh, really what the game could do for me. The one thing I've always probably struggled with most has been the financial aspect. I've I've never really understood, you know, all the money intricacies of the game. I just sort of roll with – with the salary cap and things like that, and hope I don't hope I don't screw it up. But you know, I've I've always enjoyed each game and never really uh never really have a complaint from version to version.
1: Uh, you've mentioned your your boys and coaching. You're a teacher and a coach, right? Is that that's correct? That your uh your alternate fake real life, whatever we want to call it. Uh, who was it that just wrote an article? Was it uh, Sean uh, Team News about? Being discovered is not actually being a full time GM.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I read that one about being a. He works in oil refinery.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Um, why, why, why a teacher? Why a coach? What does that do for you?
0: Uh, you know, I, I've always enjoyed history. That's uh, so I was a history major. So now I'm a history teacher, and was um, obviously you know like most of us, just a big sports fan, and couldn't really play sports all that well, and so uh, kind of got into the coaching. I'm, I'm highly competitive. Coaching kind of helps me keep that competitive balance. And, you know, I, I've, I've been a high school, you know, varsity, basketball, baseball coach. And I've done it at the at youth levels. And, you know, even still today, I coach my kids at some youth levels. And uh, I still coach baseball and basketball at the high school level. And I've been teaching, you know, social studies, history, and government for uh, going on 16 years now, uh, teaching 7th graders and 8th graders and still enjoy it. Teaching 7th graders
1: and 8th graders, you should get like a special honorarium award for just being able to live through the 7th and 8th grade.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what a lot of people say, but I guess when you've done it for 16 years, you sort of – You sort of just get used to it, and I'm to that point now where I've gotten used to that age. You know, I've got an eighth grader now at home, (laughs) and uh, so you know, I I can relate to them well since I have one here at home. And I guess I'm just used to it now, and uh, I enjoy it.
1: Will you coach forever? Will you coach when your boys are
0: older? Uh, probably not. I think I'm I'm about getting to the point now. It's starting to get tiring. Uh, you know, I went through a little spell this past year, especially with my middle son. I I I coached three baseball teams. Uh, at one time coached my oldest son in in, in some middle school uh, sports and then did two travel teams uh, before that I coached three basketball teams and I think I got a little burnout and, uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna see through my kids uh, I, I'm kind of fortunate my youngest is uh, not all that much into sports uh, he, he's more of a superhero comic book star Wars type kid and uh, I like him oh <laughs> uh, yeah and, and i enjoy that stuff too and uh, he's my most creative son and so i enjoy the the change of pace with him so i've probably got another five ten years lucky you know i'm i'm not terribly old just yet i'm still in my 30s so i can see myself doing it maybe for about another 10 years but it's 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 starting to it's starting to wear on me
1: well, let's talk about coaching in, in out of the park baseball. What do you think about as far as the impact of coaches? I noticed that San Antonio has now just fired their manager and is talking about uh, coaching staff changes. What do you What do you look for in out of the park coaches? Do you pay any attention to it at all?
0: Uh, I honestly do not pay a whole lot of attention. Uh, I, I try to hire the guys who have the uh, the highest ratings, if I can, the ones that are outstanding, and just sort of roll with that. I did notice this year. I had a I had a little bit of strategy in, in mind going into the season with how I wanted, you know, pinch runners used and you know maybe when to use some pinch hitters and thought I had my roster kind of formulated for some late inning changes and when I looked at my manager he basically had said he had control of all those, uh, late inning decisions. And so I had to sort of adjust a little bit. And unfortunately my manager makes, I think over a million dollars for the next four or five seasons. So I don't think I'm financially capable of firing him. So I just sort of, just sort of roll with him now because he has a very high, I think it's outstanding, uh, managerial rating. And
1: actually what I've, uh, I was pretty sure this was the case or, uh, was the case before, but I will say with my guy, as his reputation has gotten higher, his uh, ability to listen to my desires has gone way down. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I've got a lot of guys in my minor leagues I'd love to pull up, like especially some former players, but unfortunately, they're all very poor when it yeah. comes to reputation, and uh, so I just sort of have to roll with the Puckets and the Kingos uh, and those guys in my minor leagues and just, you know, Leave them there for old time's sake. What
1: do you think O-T- OTP should do to make coaches and managers more fun, or more effective, more interesting?
0: You know, I, I guess from my point of view, I'd like to see some of these guys. You know, I've, I've had some of these old timers in, in my minor leagues now for for several, you know, probably going on over a decade, and a lot of them are still rated as poor. Uh, I'd like to see maybe have those guys maybe improve slightly. You know, I've, I've sunk some participation points into some of them, and I don't think the increase is quite worth the, the points. You know, I, I, and I did it just so I could try to get some of these former players up to the up to the pros so I could, you know, use their names more. But uh, I, I guess from my point of view, I'd like to see them maybe, you know, grow a little bit faster if, that, if that's possible. And maybe they're just bad managers.
1: Best moment all time of Madison Wolves
0: history best moment would have to be when i won the landis for the first time i i was struggling you know you know i inherited a very good team and madison just could not get over the hump we were in the postseason every year and i felt like i had the best team every year and just never could get over the hump was finally able to defeat new orleans the year has escaped me of what year it was i won the first one i believe it was 2005 something like that don't exactly know the year off the top of my head, but we, you know, when we finally beat New Orleans that first time, it was 2004. Uh, that that was probably the best moment. Then winning again in 2009 was pretty good, but that first one was uh, was was very good.
1: Alrighty, last question of the intense lightning round: The Heartland Division, best division in baseball, or am I just having too much fun?
0: Uh, this year, best division in baseball. There, there, there has been times I feel like you, you, you might have been selling it as the best, and I just rolled with it because I was in it. But no, this season, I mean, if you go based off just the standings alone, we, we are by far the best division in in baseball. I know Des Moines was hoping to see a better finish down the stretch, and they're still right there, you know, right around the five hundred mark. But to have uh, every team right there at five hundred with the balanced schedule, as you've pointed out. I believe that shows that we are the most dominating uh, uh, division in, in the entire BBA.
1: That is an outstanding answer. That is just, <laughs> that's all that I can say. So now that we have a complete unanimous agreement on this, <laughs> let me let me uh, let me say that you have survived the lightning round and uh, and you can tough. take off all of the uh, all of the flak jacket and whatnot. Sure. Did you have anything that you would like to um, like me to talk about?
0: Anything? Any questions for me? You know, I, I, I wish I had maybe thought about this a little bit more, you know, just, you know, I will say this, you know, you've come into the league and, uh, you know, you, you have shown that, you know, your way around, you know, OTP, you know, I've, I've always felt like, you know, you and Kyle, probably more than anyone, you all seem to have a really good grasp at, uh, of how to not only manage your money, but manage good players. And, uh, you know, you guys do a very, you know, very good job and. If you would care to loan me, you know, some participation points, you know, I I, I would I would gladly take those. Or uh, and you what know, would you do with you
1: them?
0: Probably spend them unwisely. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, at one point I had a bunch. At this point, I probably need to, to to fund a new stadium that I just built. And that's kind of why I picked up my riding here recently, is to make sure I have enough participation points to maybe buy some cash so I can cover the stadium. If I do have to ask a question, you, you you do come to Madison later this month. If you you know feel the need to rest some guys, you know <laughs> feel feel free to do so. We we won't uh, you know judge if you were to do that.
1: Well, we will definitely keep that in mind. <laughs> a lot of it has to do with this Twin Cities guy, you know.
0: Yeah, they're just not going away. If, uh, if we can
1: get Scott to call off the dogs, then then maybe I could call off some of mine, and that would work out, you know, well for. I think I have you. I think I have Ed at the very end of the of the run, and uh, yeah. we could do a we could do a special Heartland. Consortium here, but you just have to get Scott to do his deal, or else uh, you know there's nothing I can do.
0: Yeah, you know, you know I, I do I do play Scott again later on uh, in the season as well. You know, actually I, I I play him the last week. You know, in my mind you have both clinched, you're both comfortably in the playoffs, so both of you can feel free to rest your guys if if you wish. Uh, yeah, see, Omaha. you've
1: got the wrong idea here, Chris. This thing is supposed to be for me to learn how to steal your secrets, not well, for you to <clears throat> convince me to. to to play you the game your way
0: well i I, you know i don't have any secrets right now i just have to win i have to win games and uh you guys laying down would probably you know help me win some games you know and 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 even uh joe you know i got joe seven times joe when you listen to this hopefully before i play you feel free to you know use that 40-man roster and and call up some some reserves But he's got got the,
1: the uh the Han recliner that you know he could put a few people into so
0: yeah put your best players in that chair and uh, and give them a rest. <laughs> you know, i love it <laughs> yeah I, I've, I've you know in the years i've had good teams i've never i've never rested my guys i'm i'm you know i like to go for those records and in the history aspect and want guys to get as many stats as they can so you know with that said you guys play your guys and you know rack up as many wins as you can because that, that's go. something that i've done so
1: no i have a ten- i don't have a tendency to rest my guys so much as i will uh, like I'll do a seven-day lineup and take him out once or twice. I don't. I don't ever bench anybody as far as that goes. But I will yeah. occasionally, especially if it's a pitcher in the last couple of days of the season. Um, it's kind of like, well, do I really want to throw Jose uh, Jose Chavez on with two games left to go in the season? <laughs> Nothing would make me feel more pissed off <laughs> than <laughs> yeah. to go and uh, and have a rotator cuff injury. <laughs> <laughs> on yeah. the second day before the end of the season anyway yeah. you get the idea yeah. uh, i appreciate your time here today chris i know you're you're a busy guy and you're um and you've got family stuff going on and whatnot so uh the opportunity to have a chance to chat with you for this half hour 45 minutes has been uh, uh been a highlight of my day so thanks so much
0: i appreciate it ron i enjoy talking with you as well and uh you know it's my first time, like I said, meeting any, any of you guys, talking with any of you, and, you know, first time ever on Skype, too. So, you know, maybe I can start uh, participating in a few more of these little uh, podcasts that you guys put together.
1: The Brewster Baseball Association is an out-of-the-park baseball league commissioned by Mr. American Self, Matt Rettenwald, and competed in by 30 outstanding general managers. Check us out at MonteBrewster.net. You have been listening to The GM's Corner, a podcast where we put BBA GMs on the hot seat. Music is Cool Piano by Tigerius and is used under Creative Commons Attribution License. See you next time. Be safe. And always remember, even a boring team news is worth two points. The Brewster Baseball Association is an out-of-the-park baseball league commissioned by Mr. American himself, Matt Rechtenwald, and competed in by 30 outstanding general managers. Check us out at montybrewster.net. You have been listening to The GM's Corner, a podcast where we put BBA GMs on the hot seat and learn all of their secrets. See you next time. Until then, have fun. Be safe, and always remember, even a boring team news is worth two points.